1: Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods and Viking Head Bait Co. Um, Today we have Tanner Finn of Finn Bait Customs. Tanner hasn't been on for about two years, I'm going to say. When he first came on, he kind of was just getting into the bait making thing. And I wanted to have him back on before the toy drive because he has some cool stuff coming out as well. We talk about that. And uh, it's a great episode. He kind of talks about how to work his bait a little bit. We catch up. Fun time. Thanks for coming on, Tanner. Please check out fin bait Customs on Instagram. It's a, a super cool topwater for big stripers, uh, largemouth. It's a it's a really good bait. He makes about, I think, like five different baits now. So check that out. Um, toy drive of two weeks. It's crazy. Can't believe it's already here. Uh, it is December 4th at Chain Reaction in Anaheim. Uh, you could look at the flyer on Instagram. There's going to be a ton of vendors. UFO actually can't make it after all. So uh, we're going to have performance there, Tackle, selling uh, some gear. I think Daiwa and Phoenix are going to be selling through them. So uh, you could check out their stuff. There'll be some reps there as well. Tons of people, Piz, it Underground, depths 86, Bass Brandt. There's a ton. Finbait, Bottom Dweller, Butch is going to be there. A ton of people are going to be there. So it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, Yeah, check that out. I should have a shirt. I'm hoping by then. Uh, I'm just waiting on a couple of things. We should have a shirt for the toy drive. The raffles are going to be awesome. Again, uh, if you guys could make sure you bring a toy to get in, that's kind of how you're you're going to get into the toy drive. I would appreciate that. Um, That's about it. I think on Monday is going to be Jared from Fall 74. And then I have a couple other people. Oh, I got a a really good one this weekend. It's a marine biologist local. She's coming on with our partner. They do research out inshore. So have some stuff to talk about. Um, And I think I might have Rego back on and some other guys. I'm hoping if they come down, it'll be really cool. So um, check those out. The YouTube, I don't know what's going on with that right now. I might go a different route. So, if you guys want to watch videos, I might put it on the Patreon. It's just a... I don't know. We'll see. I might do that next year. Who knows? But I'm just trying to keep these audio ones up and going. So, I appreciate you guys listening to it. Please give a positive five-star review if you can. I'd appreciate that. Um, And I think that's about it. Uh, Yeah. Till the end of the year, man. Uh, Patreon. 86 Baits. uh, At Fall 74, you guys have a chance at uh, three Andromedas. So there's three: one for the Nickhead, two for the uh, Bobby BDE. So check that out. You could check it out on our link in our bio over Instagram, or you just go to Patreon Cast and Crank. Check those things out. Appreciate everyone's support. I Hope to see everyone at the toy drive in a couple weeks, and uh, you'll hear from me on Monday with Jerry. Thanks guys. I think we're going. This one has been. Uh, God, you came on. I think had to have been like three years ago. Episode
0: right? one thirty eight, baby. You
1: remember <laughs> punk rock, dude? Misfits. <laughs> uh, Tanner Finbait. This is kind of. I think I'm gonna have a couple guys on that. Um, that are gonna be at the toy drive. This is gonna be the first in November uh tanner's gonna be at the toy drive so it's cool to have tanner on as well um just hear his story because he when he first came on you'd like barely you're a couple years into it, maybe yes sir two years yeah so two years and i think he kind of was building steam and now he's the walking big dick in town <laughs> <laughs> um well i guess talk about i mean your different versions since then so what did you have right when you came in
0: so when i first started i had made the big grandpa 12 inches more of a slender profile Um, walk the dog kind of a skips across the surface real quick slow cadence whatever you wanted to do Um, the biggest thing with that bait was you could throw it directly into the wind and it only weighs 5.5 ounces so for a 12 inch bait to weigh 5.5 ounces that's the only reason I made it a lot of the bigger baits that I bought Um, or was given they were they were just really heavy and they weren't really manageable all day but this one you could throw it all day no problem Mm -hmm. 20 to 20 uh, 20 to 30 pound line eiser line uh, is what I use Um, you could fish it on straight braid but um, I prefer the mono just because it has a little bit give if you uh, do the good old backlash
1: do you ever have an instance where you want to use a straight braid
0: Um, for me, not necessarily. A lot of the guys say it gives it a little bit better cadence. Uh, for me, it's just when I use like a 30 pound mono, for instance, I'll I'll always stretch it out either on my tailgate, maybe like 150 feet, 300 feet, just to make sure it's stretched, not too much, and then just reel it in tight, and then you're good for that entire day. And I switch my line every trip, so I never use the same line trip to trip. What kind of mono do you use? Uh, the 30 pound Iser line is my go to. Just I do predominantly fish for stripers, so Mm -hmm. they got those gill plates and they'll gator roll on you, and uh, You'll have some heartbreaks if you don't use that heavier stuff sometimes.
1: What reel are you using? Because that's a shitload of, of line, big
0: line. So I started off using a Calcutta 400TE, which was... Uh, it worked, but it was uh, you had to pick up a lot of line. And it was a really... Uh, I think it's like a 5 to 2, 5 to 1 gear ratio. So it was, it was really hard. Then I used the Tranks High Gear. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was a little bit fast. And then Big Rob, uh, Rob Flotta, he turned me on to the Lexa 400. So the Lexa 400 perfect. It's about... I want to say it's like six to one, somewhere around that range, but it gives you enough time to pick up the bait, but also let that bait turn. So with that high gear reel, if you don't let that bait turn, it'll kind of throw off the cadence, um, which in my opinion, uh, kind of turns fish away. So you got to let that bait go side to side.
1: So when you did learn that cadence, was it like a, so that was your first bait. That is the big grandpa, right? Correct. Okay. That's the first Um, When you've had the first idea, when you came and you say, this is the one that I'm kind of tuning, how long did it take you to figure out how to swim that thing at that time?
0: Um, It took about two to three casts. So I went out to my local lake. Um, I just had cut some bait up real quick, shoved a bunch of weights in the belly, and I made three or four casts, and I hooked a 10-pounder. Then I went home and I made 10. (laughs) I posted it, and the 10 baits were gone pretty fast, a couple of days. So I was pretty stoked about that. I was never planning on selling it, but it seemed like after that, it kind of, uh, it became a realization that I could probably get rid of some of these baits if I made them.
1: What, uh, and so then as you started making them and got more popular, uh, Rob started using them, right?
0: Correct. Yeah. So a lot Rob, of guys, a lot of striper guys, right? A lot of the striper guys, uh, mostly the striper guys, I have seen quite a few big bass on it. Um, but it was more or less catered to the striper guys. So um, there's kind of like an underground striper cult, I guess you can say. There's a lot of guys that I know that don't even have social media. And, um, I gave a few of these baits to them and they were sticking 30 pound fish, 25 pound fish, um, even bigger. So, um, there was a fish that was definitely in the 40 pound class that, um, it was a little bit difficult to see because it was right at gray light, um, on a really old flip phone from an old timer. So, um, no way I wish we could have weighed that fish, but, um, that was, that was just a dude
1: that just doesn't have social media that just him. Correct.
0: Fish. Lives, lives high up on a mountain, never comes down the mountain. And, uh, he just had sent me this really blurry picture of a fish that I'll probably never post or share, but, um, <laughs> it was pretty cool. So I kind of gave him an idea. I was like, Hey, I caught three fish in this spot back to back cast, um, about two nights ago and he went there and he stuck a fish that was a fish that I can't sleep or, um, I've wasted a lot of time. Uh, good time, but I've been trying to catch this fish and he goes out his first trip and uh with one of my baits and sticks it
1: damn what um So, I mean what's your biggest catch on on that particular bait on this? Bait, well, I mean not yours, but like a customer whoever
0: um, I would say the biggest one was rob so rob's 37. So um, that was last year a year and a half ago. So rob stuck a 37 on my bait and uh It's pretty badass because he made it in front of the front cover of western outdoors So that was pretty cool um, I have seen a couple pictures that are not that big, but there's I think there's probably been about 13 or 14 fish that were over 30 pounds on my bait the last two years.
1: Wow, that's crazy! How big has the demand changed since you know, like you've been on here 138 is like three years ago, probably.
0: Um, it's definitely helped a lot.
1: I mean, well, I'm not saying from me, but I'm just saying like from like oh, just you starting getting out there, the demand like. How has it changed? How has uh, the production changed? Stuff like that.
0: The production's been pretty well. Um, just trying to push out as many as I can, but I'm not trying to jeopardize the quality either. So um, a lot of the guys are irritated if I tell them it might take a month to make it, but <laughs> I'm not just going to chop a bait up and put out something that's not going to be worth quality. So it's been pretty good. Picked up a lot. You feel like,
1: I, I mean, as a younger bait maker, like you're newer to the game, um, not Showing all your cards at once is a good thing, you know, like where you kind of built a mystique around the bait. And I think, I think Jeremy's done that pretty well. Just, you know, not giving it out to everyone so you can't just buy them all the time. I'm sure they flip the fuck out of your bait, right?
0: I've seen a few. I just, (laughs) I actually just saw one on Facebook. So um, the guy's probably bought four or five baits for me. Um, He never asked for a deal, but I just told him. uh, So the big grandpa is 200 a ship, no matter where you're at. So even if I lose, Money. Um I sold a couple to Japan recently and I gave them the same price and I did lose quite a bit of money on shipping. But <laughs> Dude, how much was yeah, it's pretty bad. Japan, um Yeah, it was pretty bad. That was pretty expensive. <laughs> but it was just cool to get out of country. So that was my first international sell and the guy's pretty cool. They fish some other fish up there that kind of are like similar to I guess bass in mm-hmm. saltwater. So um he stuck a couple of fish. He actually just bought this is his bait right here. Nice little bone flash American shad. So he just purchased an uncle Joe as well in the same pattern. This is the uncle Joe. This is just a bone version. Um, yeah. So it's my prices basically depend on, they don't depend on demand at all. So if I start seeing a bunch of sales go up, I'm not just going to jump up on the price. Cause I hate when people do that. So for me, it's, it's how you never really
1: change your price, right? You think it was 180? I've changed it I've 200? changed it
0: from the beginning. So the beginning I was getting the wood really really cheap. Um, that company went out of business, so now I'm buying it and it's not cheap. Um, but with that being said, it's a, it goes based off of what I'm basically like like how much I'm purchasing the materials for. So um, that has nothing to do with the hooks, the split rings, the swivels. It's just the wood. So the wood is not cheap.
1: Yeah, I mean how much did it go up? Fucking The dream pandemic, right? Everything it went, just fucked it
0: went up a lot. It went up a lot. So I'd say per bait, it probably went up at least like 15 to $20 per bait. So, And oh I'm spending a lot of time on the baits. So They're all out of wood. I don't have any fancy material. I'm just a caveman in a garage whipping them up real quick.
1: <laughs> what? Is, so when you had your first version, you could see that there's a different profile on each version. Correct. Can you kind of go start from the bottom? I guess you could start with your, uh, your wake. You know?
0: So... I haven't released this one yet. This is the kernel. It's a wake bait. So like I said, I'm predominantly catering to striper fishermen, but I've had a lot of bass guys ask me, do you make a wake? Do you make a trout wake? So this one's going to be a skinnier profile. It's really high sitting in the water column. Um, this is a lower profile, a lower profile bill doesn't push a lot of water, but I'm going to make another one that has a larger profile bill. That's not as uh, slanted at a 45 degree angle. And it has a little bit wider uh, nose on it so it pushes a lot of water so this one may or may not be at the cast and crank toy drive Ooh. but you'll have to see uh you might want to get to the booth pretty quick if you want one
1: <laughs> that that one do you just take your bait like and kind of just manipulate that a little bit or what do you do when you're gonna design a new bait like what do you think of
0: honestly the This one was actually a mistake so I had cut a piece of wood and I messed up the wood on the bait I hit a hard spot and the saw just went wherever it wanted to go (laughs) So I cut the bait in half left it alone for a month or two and then um, I thought why not let me make a wake so um, This one is made out of resin the original ones out of wood Uh, the ones that will be at the show will be made out of resin as well I just noticed that the resin, when you pour it, it's just a lot more consistent with the design and the shape. So the baits don't look a lot different when you run a bigger batch, five or six baits.
1: You try to stay away from resin as much as you can?
0: Uh, With the bigger baits, yes. So it kind of would defeat the purpose of where I'm going to with my baits. So the big grandpa, this is 5.5 ounces and it's 12 inch. It almost weighs nothing, Um, but it casts really far. So it's just the Distribution of the weights that makes it cast and swim this one The great-grandpa. So this one's eight ounces. It's still 12 inches. Um, It has a larger profile more like a trout profile Um, This one's a really easy walk the dog, but you do need the right setup so you can't I Get a lot of people trying to work my bait like a regular topwater Bigger topwater like for trout, but it's just not the same. So once you get that cadence down a lot of people they're actually really excited once they get the cadence down and they realize what, the what drawing do you, What do
1: you recommend as a setup for the cadence? Because probably a lot of people have the fucking wrong, real wrong, wrong rod. You know what I'm saying? What do you recommend? So if you're, Where do you start with that cadence?
0: If you're fishing straight mono, like I said, with this bait, 100%, do not fish anything less than 25-pound line. So I fish 30. Um, I've had some heartbreaks on 25. I'm not saying that you're going to have a heartbreak, but the 30-pound is definitely... It's going to protect you from those gill plates a little bit um one thing about this bait is that when you do fish the 30 you have to stretch out your line but when i cast my bait i also let it sit for about 15 to 30 seconds let that line get nice and wet and then right before i start to reel it i'll just burn my line in for about five or six cranks then stop reeling and then your bait will slide either left or right and then that's when you get that walk cadence so you can move it you could start walking it right away but it's going to take you a couple seconds to get it walking because it is a larger profile topwater. but if you let it sit and you just burn it in real quick five or six cranks stop it the bait's going to shoot off one direction then you'll just get that steady cadence so um this bait in particular i took it out maybe about a week and a half ago and i caught a fish it might have been eight or nine pounds it wasn't big but the biggest misconception about these 12 inch baits is that they catch big fish, not all the time. It's just more for drawing power. So I made a big bait for drawing power, not to catch big fish. I've caught plenty of fire. I, I caught a one and a half pound largemouth on this bait. It's just, he was mad and he wanted to eat it. So, I mean, it's just, it's the drawing power. So I've had 15 to 20 fish come up and look at it and they're trying to fight over it like a piece of bread with seagulls. so.
1: Will you follow up with another bait after it when you get those fish to come up?
0: Me personally, if I catch a fish on a spot, I'm gone. i leave and I'll go fish a couple other spots. I'll come back to that spot in the evening. So So, once you
1: catch a fish at one spot, you like to move? I'm gone. Damn.
0: I don't want him to see that bait more than one cast. Once I hook one, I know he had some buddies with him, and I don't want them to keep staring at the bait. I want them to see it one time, and then four or five hours later, I'll go back to that spot. Will you
1: keep that fish with you and release it somewhere else?
0: um, I do do that occasionally. So if it's a really big fish, I'll just drag it around somewhere else, maybe like halfway across the lake, and then I'll let it go. Um, some of the smaller fish, like if it's like a schoolie size fish or like a five to eight to 10 pound fish, I'll just let it go right on the spot. So, okay. um, that is a so nice, you feel fish, that you
1: feel that like letting those big fish go right there and might like sensors might set off the other fish or something like that.
0: The only reason I do that, cause I've had a lot of experience, at least in the lake. I fish, if I catch a 20 pound fish, um, that could either be the bigger or the smaller version. So obviously it's not a schooling fish. There might be three or four, but, or one or two. So let's just say I catch a 15 pound fish, but there's a 30 pound fish with it. I don't know that. Let's just say it's a 30 pound fish and there's a 40 pound fish with it. I don't know that. So I want to make sure that that fish doesn't get released and go tell his buddy right away. So <laughs> if anything ought to take them a couple hours or a day or two to get back.
1: Right. I've, I mean, I heard the same thing with uh calico as well. People, welcome, well, a couple, if the bite's going off, I'm sure they do the same fucking thing with stripers and largemouth and.
0: Yeah. It's pretty similar too. especially if you lose a fish. So there has been instances where you'll catch multiple big fish in the same spot, but it's kind of similar to like white sea bass fishing where if you hook a fish and you lose it, that bites dead yeah it's it's pretty uh, similar to bluefin as well, so um if you bluefin fish and you hook a two hundred pounder and let's just say you're fighting it for five minutes and it comes off, there's other fish swimming with that fish and they're gone, yeah, so they know they know that they're in trouble and they're gonna follow that person that was in trouble, so
1: no, it makes complete sense um, and what about your little guys right there too?
0: These little guys the dash add So these are 5.5 inches. Um, they only weigh a little bit over an ounce. These ones are out of resin as well, but they're very lightweight. Um, the way that they're weighted, they cast very far um, and they're extremely easy to walk. So I like fishing a Corrado 200 on these baits with straight braid. So I'll use 30 pound braid with a 15 pound mono top shot. Um, the reason why I use a 15 pound mono is because I brought it out to the lake with six pound. And I fought a 14 pound fish for over 30 minutes. (laughs) So the ice screws are really tough. The split rings are tough. You're not going to, you shouldn't pull the hook on them or the, the ice screws or anything like that. But I've noticed that there's been a lot of big fish interested in these baits. Um, it kind of has a little bit of a shad profile. It almost looks exactly like the great grandpa. It's just a smaller version. Um, the thing about this bait is that you don't need to see boils. It's just really good for weed lines. Um, shallow drop-offs little rock piles even people trees. that
1: that short uh short pound It'd be an easy one just to keep in your fucking correct
0: clear. correct yeah so this one this one's really been doing some damage over at mojave um honestly anywhere where there's striper or boils i've been seeing a lot of largemouth on it too i haven't posted them yet I'm kind of holding out on those uh pictures but there's been a lot of uh big bass that are in some reeds or just like really shallow water because the bait doesn't have rattles it's really quiet and it just skims across the surface real easy. So it's a real quiet bait. So a lot of the top waters, like the plastic ones, you throw it on the water and it's rattling. A lot of the guys like the rattles. Um,
1: Why You don't like them, huh?
0: I do not like rattles.
1: <clears throat> What's the reason for that?
0: It's just a lot. I mean, you obviously they catch fish and they're very productive, but there's something about that quiet presentation where you can just kind of make a long cast. It just makes a little bloop on the water and it slides across the top. So um, you'd
1: rather it be more stealth than anything.
0: I'd rather be more stealth. So even like with my bait, so. I try not to get too high on the surface like or like when I cast it, right? I try not to throw it too high in the air. And there's also times when I do. So if I'm fishing anything 100 feet and down, I'll throw it really high in the air. I'll let it slap against the water really hard and I'll let it sit for 30 seconds. If I'm fishing shallow, I'll do an underhand cast and just try to my best to gently hit it on the water and I'll start moving it right away. So it just kind of depends on where so you're fishing. So
1: when you say you try to, to let it hit, you want a quiet presentation when you're undercast, you know, underhand.
0: Correct, yeah. So I don't want... It's just it's just my preference. So I've had times where I've had the bait just slam against the water, and I don't get bit. And it's just kind of maybe it's just my mind playing tricks on me, but I just feel like it kind of messes it up a little bit, you know?
1: Well, no, I mean it's probably a confidence thing as well, right? Correct. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question that I had I've had for a couple different guys. Why don't you see NorCal throwing these the same way you do down here? Um, do you get a lot of NorCal guys buying the bait?
0: I've had I've had quite a few NorCal guys buying them. I think it's more or less the current. So even some of the guys up at Willow Beach when the current, um, they were kind of having a hard time getting the great grandpa to swim.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But then there's a few guys that I had sent the big grandpa. So the big grandpa, it sits a little bit higher in the water column and it slides a lot easier on the surface. So I don't want to say it's like a pencil popper, but in a way it kind of has that presentation where it doesn't need to walk perfectly. It's just skimming across the surface full speed. So it's just a reaction. Bite. This one's not necessarily a reaction bite, in my opinion. It's more of like a keep your cadence steady and make it like a real trout presentation.
1: Okay. So you feel like that maybe that that current up there for some of these people in the river, wherever it might be, is going to be a harder bait to throw. That's with the-
0: that's the only thing I could think of. So I mean, a lot of the guys at Willow Beach that I've been selling baits to recently, they've been fishing the Uncle Joe. So the Uncle Joe is six ounces, and then you have the Big Grandpa. That's obviously way longer. Mm-hmm. That is 5.5 ounces. So Mix. this one's a little bit heavier, but for some reason in the current, this thing just takes off and the nose doesn't dig down, but it has a really wide walk on it. So, and I just recently started putting the sp- the swivel hinges in it. Um, why, I didn't. Why so? <laughs> I never had so many problems, but I had a lot of big um, guys that would hook big fish, and they're like, dude, the fish gator rolled on me and he threw my hook, or he pulled the ice screw out, or he bent my split ring, or stuff like that. So. It wasn't for me. Um, it was for them. So I'm just. So trying how many
1: to, when you when you're building a bait like this or, or your company, how many people need to get in your ear for you to make like a an actual, you know, change? Like, do you only have a couple guys? Do you guys get a lot of DMs and you go, fuck, maybe I should change this? Honestly,
0: it kind of depends. It kind of depends on who. Okay. So, and that's not to put anybody on a pedestal, but I mean, obviously, there's different calibers. Go put of, the pussy on a pedestal. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, there's different calibers of a fisherman so i mean if it's a guy that fishes often um, catches a few fish a year that's one thing but if it's a guy that literally fishes three to four times a week catches a lot of big fish and he gives me feedback it's really important feedback so i've had a few of these big dogs telling me they're like hey dude like you got to put spinning swivels and then i had four of the big dogs say hey you got to put spinning swivels you got to put this the swivel hook hangers and i'm like all right dude like I'll, it's a pain in the ass but it's just one more step but it's worth it you know so the that,
1: swivels what type of swivels do you use in how, was, how much of a bitch is it to lining them up when you when you figure it out?
0: Um, now it's not too hard with the harness, um, but they're like 300-pound swivels. So Fuck. I'd rather just go overkill than mess around <laughs> with it. Um, <laughs> I've seen some of the smaller swivels, like even in bluefin baits, just get absolutely wrecked. So I've even had a harness almost pull out of a bait that my buddy made me. So Wow. I mean, I was fishing no dragon. It was 150 pound bluefin, but still, it's like, it just gets to the point where like just the striper does not Yeah. All right. So a striper, obviously, I mean, it's not gonna be 150 pounds, but those they'll do some damage. They will twist your split rings. They will pull out ice screws. I mean, they're mean, especially when you get up to the river. So you don't have a lot of room for area up there. There's a lot of trees, shallow spots, like uh, big boulders and stuff. So a lot of these guys, I've learned that they have to pull really hard on these fish. So I had to start making them a little bit more indestructible, I guess you can say.
1: Yeah. Have you uh, had East Coast guys kind of like come and and uh, hit you up about the baits?
0: I've had a few. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a guy in um, Boston that ended up buying a couple baits for some of those stripers up there and stuff. And uh,
1: are they fishing in the sur- on the surf form?
0: So one guy's fishing in the surf. The other guy he owns like his own like little charter deal. So he took him out and he's been absolutely destroying fish. So. Um, he has a friend that owns his own shop, so I'm gonna let the shop owner get a nice little deal, just so I can get my baits out there, and uh, should be some good things to come out there for sure.
1: What's the shop?
0: I can't even remember the name. I'm gonna be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> I, I don't even know if he told me the name. He said my buddy owns a shop out there, and he was like, "I'm gonna show him a couple of your baits and yeah. some of the fish we caught," and so I'll be posting it pretty soon though.
1: Does that? Do you ever think about getting into shops and maybe putting only in a couple certain shops or stuff like that?
0: Yeah. So I've already. I got a couple shops on my mind not not too far local shops but uh i'm trying to look at some shops toward like valencia and kind of stuff like that so i mean most of most of my sales are going to be like castaic pyramid guys that are up there so they just really do damage so i mean silverwood doesn't get a lot of pressure just because of where it's at i guess you can say um and it's a very well, now difficult they are. lake stay <laughs> away from that stop talking about your fucking lake dude <laughs> It's a tough lake to fish, man. I can't tell you how many times I've gone there, and I'm like, "Why do I keep fishing here?" You know what I mean? I can go 15 times and maybe hook a couple fish, but a lot of the times are the right fish. But it's just, you know, I can go to Castaic and catch five or six fish, no problem. So
1: you're still fishing Silverwood a lot.
0: Um, yeah, it's only 20 minutes from my house, so yeah, it's it's. <laughs> but like, you're the baby, right? It's, it's, it's like, hard to beat it. You
1: could get run up there, fish for fucking three hours, come back exactly before anyone's even up. Exactly. <laughs> so another cool thing, if you want to talk about it, is you're doing this full on now, right?
0: Full on now. Yeah. So, um, I'm actually working on the fortune book your spots. Now (laughs) (laughs) I'm working on the fortune. So we, uh, specialize in usually it's like 1.75 to three day trips. Um, it's captain Jeff Walker. His Instagram is at captain boat life. Um, it is at a fisherman's landing. So most of our charters or most of our Jeff
1: Walker, that was, uh, Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Jeffy boy. Fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah, so I'm on the boat with Jeff. Jeff's actually a...
1: You mean the motherfucker that flaked on my podcast I was like, and done one? Okay.
0: <laughs> I think Jeff's biggest fish was 36. Um, really? His striper, so... Oh, damn. We're just kind of fishing. He's a hell of a captain, though. He'll put you on the meat no matter what the conditions are, so I can't tell you how many times... He gave I... a... Bobby gave him a punker. He told me his story. Yeah?
1: <laughs> he never got it back. <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking lost it at the river.
0: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> There's been, there's been plenty of times where there's five or six other boats sitting on the spot. So we've been fishing a lot of the Tanner bank, which is my bank. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've been fishing the Tanner bank and a lot of the boats are doing as well as us, but there's just, I, I don't think Jeff is human. I think he's part bluefin. So he just, he always finds a fish. And if you want a chance to catching a trophy bluefin, we had a couple of trips where we caught 30 to 40 fish over hundred pounds. So, and some of those fish were 250 to 260.
1: How long you been doing that for?
0: about a month and a half fuck dude so i just walked out of my job one day and drove down to san diego and
1: it did the fuck you fuck you you're i'm gone old. dude <laughs>
0: <laughs> how does that feel feels great feels great now it's the off season and i can focus on the baits and it might be a little bit more difficult during the summer you know for the baits but yeah. right now i'm after the toy drive at least i'm going to try to get as many baits as i can as possible and i'll just be taking open orders um at this point so the drops are a little bit of a headache, I guess you can say. But uh, I'll be taking open orders, and if you send me a message, hopefully they're available. If they're not, um, usually about a two week to a month wait time. So,
1: that's how how long to it take you to pump out a bait completely?
0: I get that question a lot. It's kind of it's kind of hard. Um, it just depends. You know what I mean? It just depends. So, like, if say I, if
1: I was like, "Hey, make me a fucking grandpa right now," you know, how long would it take you start to finish?
0: I mean, I could make the bait and wait it in a couple hours probably like three hours or less and then uh the epoxy would be about two days and you got your bait in three days if i really wanted to so
1: so it takes you a couple of days i mean probably what six hours counting paint and everything
0: yeah i mean i could probably make three baits in three days total so three baits um that three is days a total. fucking
1: long time to
0: make baits bro it's 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 wood and i, I don't i'm primitive over here man i don't have, i don't have a lot of crazy tools so
1: How quick have you gotten carving? Like I know Jeremy said he could fucking carve a punker, and I'm not sure how quick. How quick have you gotten from when you started to now?
0: At least a quarter of the time. Really? So before I'd mess up a lot of baits and it pissed me off. So now it's more of like templates. So it's it's just really important to make templates, and now I could just go based off of what I see. But the templates are gonna make them a lot more. I guess you can say like
1: that was templates. Were they? You start to do templates later on, like you figured out. Yeah. How did you, did, did you have someone train you like on, on this part of the woodworking?
0: Nope. I just started cutting baits up and if they didn't swim, I'd keep them for myself. If they did swim, I'd, I'd sell them. So I'm never going to sell you a bait that doesn't swim. Um, kind of a funny story, but that fish that Rob caught his 37 on, um, that bait was sent back to me because it supposedly didn't swim.
1: From who? <sighs> you got to say his name now because I know I'm the not, story. Yeah, you know the
0: story. But, um, yeah, it had his. Hold on. It had Hold his... on. <laughs> Okay. Nah nah. <laughs> <laughs> not that guy. <laughs> yeah, so it actually has the it had the guy's name on it still and Rob took it up to a an undisclosed location and caught a 37 pound striper on that it. That was so. on
1: that fucking bait. Oh
0: God. The dude. one that didn't swim. Well this so. is the
1: thing too. Even just talking to, to Shane and talking to Rob, you gotta really know how to fucking throw the bait. Correct. It's so, not like it's not an easy bait to throw by any means. Yeah. It's not like a up. Okay, you it's a different application. So a punker is kind of you can fucking figure it out. This yeah. there's a cadence. I have one. Yeah. And once I, I'm like, oh I get it, you fucking gotta really I watched you do it actually.
0: Yeah. You gotta really you gotta really crack that bait. I mean you can't. It's not gonna be like a little mm-hmm. Like, I mean you gotta like real, real, real crack that bait, but you gotta give the slack back. So once you crack that bait, you gotta point your rod tip back at it. Crack, rod tip, crack, rod tip, crack, rock tip. So like the way you gotta do it just to keep that cadence. If I added a bunch of more weights, you wouldn't need to do that, but that's the whole purpose is that the bait doesn't weigh a lot. So 8 ounces for a 12-inch bait. This is probably the heaviest one I'll throw. I do have the Big Bad John that I don't have with me, but that one's 12 ounces at 14 inches. So I've tried playing with the weights on that thing, but if I take out one weight, it doesn't swim the same. So it's just 12 ounces is 12 ounces, but it's still a 14-inch bait that only weighs, you know, less than a pound. So
1: How does it feel to make something... You talk to a lot of guys. Um, I mean, we always talk about doing something new and different. You did it your own way. Like, I know there was a a, a Topwater, a Pencil, you know, popper, or even a punker. But you kind of went around that and made your own shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what made you give, give you the idea that you could do that? I just see saying? people
0: knocking off people's baits all the time, and I don't think that that's okay. I think that's very... Um, I, I mean, I don't know. It kind of takes the whole, like, artist perspective out of it. I mean, for me, I've always woodworked. I mean, i built tables and chairs and oh, whatever. Did? Yeah, so, I mean, my whole workshop is stuff that I built. It's pretty janky, but. <laughs>
1: you really were into woodworking before yeah. before all this shit. Yeah, so
0: in high school, it's like I took woodshop, and, I mean. You I just it. I love woodshop. It's just fun to woodwork, you know what yeah. I mean? So, it kind of takes your mind off of everything, and you're more worried about cutting your finger off than what's going on outside of that, you know what I mean? so
1: Were you throwing the punker before, I mean, and. Uh, you just wanted something bigger and you couldn't get it or
0: i mean that's kind of part of it so it's like the 10 inch punker was really hard to get but i also didn't want a 10 inch bait i wanted a 12 inch bait i just wanted to i mean how many times have you seen an eight inch trout get stocked at a lake it just doesn't happen yeah that doesn't mean it's not going to get bit of course the punker is probably one of the all-time best baits that you can buy but i wanted something that was more along the lines of the trout so even this bait i mean it looks big but for you to catch a trout this big i mean maybe some of these county lakes stock them but i mean this is still even smaller than most of the trout that they're putting into the water so um the big bad john's 14 inches but that's going to be around the size of the trout that they're probably stocking so i was just trying to kind of match that hatch and see what happened and i mean kind of the proof was in the pudding that first day i took the bait out to the lake you know
1: (laughs) do you uh ever see you making like a, a PVC bait, like an inject, like down the line. And do you think you could get a PVC bait to, to walk the same way as a wood bait or even resin?
0: I kind of had the idea, but it kind of just defeated the purpose of kind of like hand making them. You know what I mean? I could probably go to China and get a thousand of them in a box, get shit back to me and all I'd have to do is paint them. But it's just me making them hand by hand or one by one by my hands. It's just, it's more satisfying. Like for instance, like there's a story, It happened last year and I was at Costaic and I rented a boat and I'm cruising a little bit too close to the shoreline, not paying attention. I hate people that do that, but I was one of them (laughs) (laughs) and I'm cruising along the shoreline and then boom, a bait almost hits me right on the, the bow of my boat. Boom, one on the stern. Boom, one actually goes over me and I look and all three of those baits were my bait. So they're trying to attack the person who made the baits. They had no idea. And I just thought it was a trip. I'm like, dude, I made these baits. Wait, dudes were throwing baits at trying you because you got too close? Me. Yeah, it was right <laughs> after a stock, and they're trying to bomb me with my own bait, dude. And I saw the baits and I'm like, Holy shit, those are my baits. <laughs> Did you stop and go, Hey, I'm the guy? Well, the funny part was is that one of the baits was the first batch I ever made. That that 10 I made after I caught that first fish. So I'm tripping out and I messaged the guy and I'm like, yo, I'm like, Were you at the lake today? And he's like, Yeah, dude. And I was like, Did some asshole just drive right past you and just not even have any care in the world? He's like, Yeah, dude. He's like, Why were you there? And I was like, no, nah, dude, that was me. And then he just started laughing saying sorry you know and i just thought i just got a kick out of it you know watching three random people that didn't know each other trying to bomb me at the same time with my own bait. isn't
1: it crazy though that you can go to the lake during a trout stalking and i'm gonna say 60 percent of the people are probably throwing your bait it's
0: kind of weird i mean (laughs) it's i don't know it's pretty it's humbling to say the least you know what i mean so i just try to uh i'll put on my little like windshield on my face and put my hat over my eyes and just go do my thing you know what i mean I, i don't really uh uh, I don't need all that attention. You know what I mean? So it's just, no, too it's really, you got it. you it's really, got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really humbling to see people fishing my bait. So all my baits are named after family members that have passed too. So that's Oh, one no thing. way. People are like, how'd you come up with these names? So, um, the big grandpa was my dad's dad. He was six, six, around two eighty. Um, the uncle Joe is a person who taught my grandfather how to fish. Um, this is the little grandpa. This is my, my mom's dad. So he was still pretty tall, but named it little grandpa. He was six, three. Um,
1: <laughs> pretty tall. I mean, us guys over here that <laughs> yeah. are five, nine, I'd suck a dick to be that tall.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the Colonel, which was, you can call him my step grandpa, but he was, he was my grandpa. So he was a Colonel in the air force for ever, never retired, um, until the day he died. So he's about 76, close to wow. 80 years old. So never retired. And then, uh, the dash dad was my dog from, uh, had him for uh, 14 years. Shit. And, uh, I just I don't know I don't really the names are just from they're really easy to think about you know what I mean so it's nothing like I would just came up with some random name it's like well something all meant it's for going it. into this each one of them correct
1: Um what about paint schemes I know you probably learned a lot more and you you started off painting baits though didn't you
0: yeah they're Repaint. pretty they're pretty bad back in the day <laughs> I was like. You know, I'm like that guy, like if you want to watch a movie, I would be that guy that you buy that little cheap knockoff on the streets, you know, but <laughs> it's gotten a lot better since then, you know, so it's it just looks
1: great. I'm just telling you like, it's the more things you've added, like, uh, you know, the, even the Chrome, like on the side of the, of the, uh, fucking bait, you know?
0: Yeah. So the one thing, I mean, most of the baits that I fish, they don't have this flash on it, but a lot of the guys do like the flash. So it's like Depths, probably, in my opinion, the greatest bait ever made period 250 so i will not go to the lake without a depth or my bait so the only reason why i go with i wouldn't go with both so i can fish the top and then i can fish the depths at any point in the water column i'd like um but the depths i mean you got that flash trout or the flash carp i mean those things are showstoppers when i first got one mm-hmm. i mean they're just that flash there's just something about that flash that would just make the fish lose their mind but a lot of my baits like this one so this one's like a really dark colored it's got a little bit of chrome on it, but that dark color with the pink cheeks is probably my favorite. But it seems like a lot of the guys like this flash. So um, It's a pain in the ass to put on. It's not that difficult, but it's just when you put it on 30 to 40, 50 baits, it's uh, it's more like arts and crafts at that point. <laughs> Do you have the wife helping you ever? Um, Yeah, she's in charge of shipping now because uh, I've shipped a couple baits to the wrong destination. So What the fuck? <laughs> I've done the same thing. I sent one to Louisiana that was supposed to go to Castaic. And uh, I have no idea because there is no Louisiana. I, I don't even know what I was looking at. So probably the beer.
1: Dude, I well someone sent me one. It was for the Patreon, and I owe him a bait. It's a it's a tune two fifty. I'm like fuck. So, I got to go to Butch and go, hey, man, um, you think you could tune a 250 for me? It's work. Yeah. And, and I fucked up. So, it's like on me.
0: Yeah, mine was a Hinkle Shad, too. I painted it like a pumpkin <laughs> oh, seed. and shit. Yeah, that was bad. I was freaking out. You know, I was like, you oh, had to go shit, find one. Huh? And, no, I called the post office. They kept putting me on hold. I was on the phone for three hours, and they finally answered and said, yeah, we have the bait. And I'm like, send that shit back. Send that shit back. At least your wife's
1: doing <laughs> good for you. My wife threw away two of this. <laughs> 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 no, my wife's going to be shipping on the Viking head. So I think like you could see the studios right here. Uh, If you look uh, that way, wait that way. I don't fucking know. I'm looking uh, to (laughs) my left. You're gonna that'll all be shipping. She's gonna stop doing hair and just do fucking shipping on the bike.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's 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 really important that uh, she's always asking me how to help, and uh, I'm like just the shipping because I hate packing the boxes and doing all that. I just honestly I don't even like making them half the time, but (laughs) the end product is is the satisfying part of it but sitting in my garage for 10 hours a day carving sanding cutting is not fun by any means i don't care how much beer i drink it's just (laughs) right (laughs) i'm 40
1: days in 41 days and i'm like i need a
0: beer (laughs) yeah and i never get to fish so when i do get to fish i i make sure it's all lined up moon phase water temp whatever are you big
1: on moon phases for the stripers all that
0: yeah i won't even fish unless it's the moon phase that i'm satisfied with so really yeah
1: wow picking your days like butch huh
0: that's it man
1: you <laughs> pick your days and
0: that's just the way it is i don't know and i learned that from a bunch of old timers down at the lake and i've caught fish on full moons but it's just that's not i mean i've caught some really big fish on full moons but that's definitely not my most productive you know consistent days so
1: when you're going out and say you're gonna go fish in the morning you got a perfect day what's the first place you're gonna to look to throw on a type of structure type of water what something like that
0: so one thing I learned is not getting caught up in your spots. So it's like one of the worst things to do, in my opinion. So, I mean, yeah, you might have caught a fish there. It seemed like every whatever October when the moon phase was right. But I mean, you got to try other spots. You might find it a better spot. You might find a worse spot. You might find a spot where you never catch fish on it. But when you do, it's a giant fish. So there's a reason why there's not a million little fish on it. There's a reason why it's just an ambush point for a couple big fish. The first thing I look at is the wind direction. Um, whether it's shady or not first thing in the morning a gray light obviously is one thing that's just kind of make random cast, in my opinion um but when it comes down to when the sun's higher it's almost at its highest point you got to look at certain areas so i'm not i mean there's times where i'll fish in shady pockets or the backside of shady points but at the same time i mean i've caught tons of big fish in the middle of the day in the middle of the water when it's sunny yeah it just it just depends you know what i mean so you got to know the underwater structure too so I mean, I got a bass boat. I got a nice up and down structure and stuff like that. But I always take out my little aluminum, and it seems like I do more damage on that thing.
1: Why so? You think you're just more confident in that?
0: I think so. Um, I think part of it, too, is most of the time when I'm fishing a bass boat, I'm fishing with either one of my buddies or somebody else. And I honestly don't do very good when I fish with somebody else. It's every time when I'm Too alone. Beers, it's not even that. It's just like <laughs> I keep bombing all over my my points. <laughs> I'm like, just slow down, dude. Make a, you got to line up that cast right. You can't just start making thirty okay. casts. You know, I'm like, you just got to make one good cast, and that'll be your fish. Instead of making thirty casts, getting backlashes, yeah. your bait's sitting there for forty minutes now, and it's like, I don't know. I take my little boat out, but I have a nine point nine Tahatsu a uh, four stroke with a 15 foot deep V uh, Valco, which is like most of the rental boats. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big believer in these fish are used to these rental boats. If they have them at the lake, they're used to the sound. They're used to the engine clacking, the rivets, or if it is rivets, it's just like they're used to that loud boat and they don't care. So there's something about my bass, but I think it casts a big shadow and it kind of freaks them out. Or you got your trolling motor down with a long shaft, just kind of stirring up water and stuff. And that little boat, man, is just, I could slide right up to a point. And obviously I mean, I have no electronics. I have no trolling motor and, I don't even have a flat top. I'm just stepping on the seats and they're creaking and making loud sounds. And I usually <laughs> stick a good one. It's just weird.
1: No electronics, huh? You don't think you, – you think that it's better to learn them without the electronics? depends on
0: what you're doing. I yeah. mean, if you're fishing stripers and you're fishing, like, flycore or something or spoons, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's very important to have your electronics, especially dialed. You can have electronics and not even know what to do with it. You see a bunch of little fish and you don't even know where they're at. Like, basically, like, you have no idea where they're at around the boat. You just mm-hmm. see a bunch of little fish, you know, so – but, I mean, if you're just throwing topwater for striper, I mean, it could be any cast. It doesn't matter. It could be 300 cast or it could be your first cast. It just doesn't matter. So
1: Yeah, makes sense. What's your uh, your rod recommendation for uh, – give give us a rod recommendation on each one of these baits and uh, maybe if you could even recommend a couple different companies. You know, I don't know if you're like a certain rod or whatever it might be, just something close to it.
0: I mean, I would say for the great-grandpa – the great grandpa and the big grandpa, it's gonna be pretty similar rod ratings. Um I personally fish, I fish a St. Croix, I've had it for eight to ten years. I fish a St. Croix, big nasty, it's 50 to 80 pounds, it's a musky rod.
1: I'm gonna take that note down. You know St. Croix is gonna be at the toy grab this year.
0: <laughs> really? They're donating rods, so I'm gonna say oh, to wow.
1: Big Nasty, it's called.
0: Yes. So I know that I think Rob, I think he fishes like a 909. Um I think it's an extra, extra heavy. Um, I know a lot of these guys fish the I-rods and stuff like that. Anything that's extra heavy or extra, extra heavy. Um, you definitely need it for this bait, that extra, extra heavy. And honestly, you still need it for the big grandpa. It's just, it's a big bait and you got to get that bait to turn. So a lot of these rods have a little bit softer tip and, or not enough backbone and that bait will not turn. You're basically just scooting your bait across the surface. Once you get that extra, extra heavy and you crack that bait, it's just going to glide back and forth. Um, the uncle Joe, um, pretty much any rod that's a heavy, um, this thing swims like nothing. So it's, you don't even use the rod. It's just all real. You literally just like, it's like nothing. So yeah, I like to use the Corrado EJ, uh, 300 with that ball handle on it. Um, you just get like one full turn and that bait just starts gliding side to side. Um, for the little grandpa, it's going to be the same thing. I do like using the EJ, but I also use a, like a Tranks 300, something a little bit smaller. Um, this bait's really light. This bait's only like 4.3 to 4.5 ounces. Um, but it still cast a mile. I mean, the bait that I almost spooled myself on last year with 25 pound was the uncle Joe. So it was like 30 mile an hour wind in my back. I wasn't paying attention. I had a full spool on a Tranks 400 and I literally was down. The knot just like cut me right up the thumb. No way. And the cool thing about the uncle Joe is that you could still work it out that far. So you don't want to get bit that far, but you can work it that far. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Which has (laughs) happened before too. So. Um, With the dash shad, any typical little, I would probably say like a a crankbait rod. So the reason why I say crankbait rod, because you're going to have a little bit uh, faster tip with a bunch of backbone. And that fast tip just darts that bait like this. It just, it kind of skips across the surface. So if you've ever seen a hurt shad, it just kind of like does something weird on the surface. And that's exactly what this bait does. And it has a little bit skinnier profile. Um, you could fish it in the wind. Um, I think my biggest fish on that bait right now is 14 pounds, which is on that six pound test, but I've caught in, but
1: you throw it usually on, on when I was 15, on, right? when I was
0: on baby bonding, I caught like eight <laughs> fish between like eight to like 12 pounds. So it was just nonstop, like the same spot. I'd go there every single morning for like almost five, six weeks And they on, a, were
1: just, on, a fi- on the same setup, six pound or 15. No.
0: So the first day I caught it, um, it was three days into that spot. I saw it just kind of developing really well. And I thought it was going to be a three-day thing, but it ended up turning into a month-and-a-half thing. So Jeez, it was just dude. like the the bait was just getting pinned, and it was just a wild, wild, wild bite. The weird part was I never saw a bass, so I, I'm not really interested in catching bass, but it was kind of weird. I was like, where are the bass at? You know what I mean? There's so much bait here, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. So he, my right. buddy even brought out a crankbait, and he's dragging it underneath all the stripers, and he's catching stripers. <laughs> He'd watch him go down on the up-and-down straight for his crankbait, and we're like, damn, where are all the bass at? You know, it's just weird.
1: Yeah. No, makes for sure. makes sense. Um, and that's 15 pound line on that.
0: I would use a 15 pound leader. Um, you could go smaller. I'd probably okay. say I wouldn't go past, um, 10. Okay. So you could even get away with fluoro. So the reason why I say fluoro is if you let your line sink a little bit, it's kind of cool. Cause it kind of keeps that nose down instead of it jumping erratically. Like it'll just walk. So if you use the mono with that stretch, it's going to pop it side to side, to side, to side. And it's going to go Does wild. That have
1: swivels on it too? a little dash. No, no. Okay. No um what do uh what are those gonna go for have you already sold them
0: i have not uh i think i sold a couple but it was more or less for like testing so okay um you don't know yet i was gonna do two for 40 so nothing crazy so um the dash had to be what? two for 40 i'm are trying fucking to fucking serious yeah
1: i might cut that out. that's fucking cheap dude are they easy to make though
0: they're easy to make okay right. so, and those are resin right these are resin, okay, yeah. Okay. So very, very. That's a great very deal, bland.
1: dude. That's a fucking really good deal.
0: So the hooks that I have on it, um, could I buy those right here? <laughs> <laughs> the hooks that I have on it, they look a little bit small. Um, I've never had an issue personally. Um, you can change the hooks out. It sits decently on the belly. Um, I would go one size bigger. These are VMCS. Um, I think they're a size four. Okay. Um, you could probably go one up, but I wouldn't go with a a size 2 vmc just they're a lot bigger than the size 4 it's not even close so you can go with a different company um i wouldn't say that the the weight of the hook will change the cadence of the bait that much because the bait is so buoyant so you can definitely change the hooks out a little bit if you want um i haven't had a problem i had a buddy lose four fish right in front of me but uh (gasps) i landed five like you don't know how to fish huh (laughs) Uh, what it's looking like (laughs) What a, are you gonna have those at the toy drive? I will have these at the t- toy drive So I'm gonna have this little bluegill color a little female bluegill color I'm gonna have kind of like a little gold shad with a green nose on it Then I'm gonna have just a straight chrome color. That's sick I like. That. Um, with kind of like a brownish back and then the one that's my favorite personally is this purple So it has a little purple on it then it has that little gold head on it um, I will be painting a couple more. I might even do a couple with that little flash profile on the side um i'll probably do some bone whites or some pearl whites um i should have enough of those though. i've made quite a bit already so
1: how many are you planning on having of, of like what's the main one everyone's coming for the big grandpa
0: i'm not sure i have no idea <laughs> hopefully uh what I don't did know. you sell
1: what did you sell last year
0: a couple <laughs> i sold i sold a couple i was a uh,
1: did you make, what did you bring? Just I the was big able grandpas? To, I was
0: able to go home early. Um, no, so I had the big grandpas and then I had the great grandpas as well. And then I believe, yeah, I had some of these smaller, uh, little grandpas. So I had three baits. How big um, is little grandpa? Eight inches. Okay. So if you don't have one already, this, uh, uncle Joe is, it's pretty wild. So I'm going to be posting a couple pictures here pretty quick, probably right before the toy drive. Um, a lot of fish were caught on that uh, just recently after these stocks. so it doesn't it, it's 10 inches. Um, it's a pretty wide uh, wide profile um, The bait was just really productive on those stocks so you can cast it all day No problem, but the reason why it doesn't kick your ass is because you're only using the reel. you're not you're not cracking that bait all day you're literally just like Almost kind of like a depth so the depth okay. it's like you will kind of get that the little scoop action, right? But this one's the same thing. You can kind of like do this like real quick, like real choppy actions. And that bait just glides back and forth for the uncle. Joe, I'd go with 20 pounds to uh, you could fish 30 if you want, but I'd go 20 to 25.
1: Okay. Do you have any other bait? Do you only throw your own bait when you go? If you don't have a 250, are you only throwing your bait?
0: Triple trout. Really? Throw a triple okay. trout. Triple trout gets bit. It's just more for me. It's a reaction. I'll just. Burn You're fo- bait. focusing
1: just on stripers. though, right? hundred percent. What about the hog hunter?
0: I suck at soft baits. Really? I am horrible. It's leave I, that I have a, leave I that, mean, that to Paul behind. It. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Mag X's and funny story. The first time Paul was on my boat, he just he likes a shore bang, dude. He likes to hike. It's just the way it is, and I mean I respect him for it, you know kicks my ass every time I go with him because he's a lot more fit than me. Yeah. But um, he finally went on my bass boat one day, and his second cast, maybe his first cast, he hooked like a ten pounder on the mag, and it's the last <laughs> time he's been on my boat. <laughs> he
1: uh <laughs> The day I lost my punker, if Ted Hanner was there later on, when I hiked in, I thought I was going to die, because I'm so fat, (laughs) and they pushed me down the hill, and I rolled. Um, I was so tired from hiking, that that day we went, Paul caught like a 20-something. Fucking huge. And I'm out of breath, sitting on a rock, like a fat piece of shit. And they're like, Nick, come and look. I'm like, oh, fuck it. Just show me the picture. (laughs) I don't give a fuck, dude. I'm so tired. But I remember that day, and I'm like, fuck, man. That's a, I always, I'm not good with, I know Paul's really good with that fucking bait, the stripers. And I've only had a yeah. couple swipe at it. Nothing, nothing good. You don't really I just, throw soft I just
0: haven't given enough time. You yeah. know what I mean? So I've hooked a couple fish in a HUD. It could stay a couple years ago. And I just, I'm too ADHD to fish a soft bait. I need, I need something to visually see, skip it across the surface. And I'm, I'm an absolute horror for that top water, but I just.
1: Skinner, you don't need to, huh? Jimmy throws it at Skinner a lot. on You don't head down there
0: much. I used to a lot. Really? I used to fish there a lot. It's just Silverwood's so close to my house, I fished Silverwood. so, and
1: But Castaic's a fucking mission, dude.
0: It's a mission, but you get bit. I mean, there's plenty, not even just Castaic, there's plenty of other lakes you can go to to get bit. It's just yeah. Silverwood just kicks my ass every time I go, and I'm like, why do I keep coming? Here? You know? It's just like <laughs> shit, dude. It's like. Because it's your home. I mean, life. I'll catch fish, but it's just not the same. You know what I mean? It's like I can go to Castaic and just absolutely just wreck those things if I wanted to. I'm just too lazy. Every time my alarm goes off, which was a couple of days ago, we were supposed to go to Pyramid, my alarm goes off, and I just turned my alarm off and laid back down. Who were you supposed to go with? My buddy Frank from uh, The Fortune. He didn't He didn't come. You didn't wake up. Yeah, yet. he was kind of mad. But I also <laughs> got this. I also, You can't really see it, but I got this bulb finger, dude. It's, what the fuck happened? Yeah, it's hurting, dude. I don't know. I think I got a fish spine in it or something from Gilton Gut and Gutting Fish.
1: Dude, that's bad.
0: I know. I'm on antibiotics right now, but it's just a... Fuck, dude. Yeah, baby. Does it hurt like a motherfucker? Yeah, that was the slight delay on the last batch of Uncle Joe's. It's kind of hard to uh, do anything.
1: That's a... That's a good... Look at you take some dude's butts with those ones. Dude, that's a, yeah, nice, that's have, a nice one. I'm going to have
0: to get at it with a <laughs> nice nine out here pretty quick. <laughs> dude, that's dude. fucking <laughs> shitty looking.
1: Um, well, thanks again, Tanner, for coming on. This is kind of one of the first episodes of... uh I think Rego's coming in the end of November. And uh, we're going to be talking about the toy drive more and more. It's getting closer. Um Tanner will be there. He's going to have a ton of baits. You'll also be able to win a couple baits in a raffle like you will everyone else. So uh, I wanted to have him on because I have been had him on a long time. and He's done a lot more. So it's cool to see him grow. And uh, f- fuck, man, you're doing it all like full time. So it's kind of cool, you know.
0: Just trying to feed the family, man. I ain't trying to make no killing. <laughs>
1: well, I appreciate you coming on, Tanner. Thanks, dude. All
0: right. Appreciate you, Nick. Thank you.